we should encourage new believers to grow in their faith in Christ. Again, seems like a no-brainer, right? I mean, that's, that's, what, should, that's what should follow. And, and if that happens, we can put a stop. Before we start getting critical and cynical and all of those things, we should, we should recognize we have a role as a church to disciple, to help people, to encourage them in their faith, especially new believers to grow in their faith. Let's pick back up verse 19. Now, those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus, and the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year, they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. A beautiful, beautiful line. Very first time they're called Christians right there. In Antioch but I don't want us to skip over what they just did they spent how long an entire year helping these new Christians grow in their faith it's not enough for us to just see people come to faith in Christ it's not enough for us to just say hey we want you to believe and then they believe and then they're baptized and then we're saying now go get them you know thanks yeah you, you, you that's all there is to it no no, we're, they spent an entire year helping these new Christians grow in their faith. That is a lesson for us. It's a lesson for us to help people to grow in their faith. You know, the, the skeptic continues in waiting for new Christians to make a mistake. And then, they're, and then they'll pounce on it. The moment that they do, and they do what? See, I told you it wasn't real. See, I told you that there's no way that he would, he really, if he really came to faith in Christ, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have said that. If he really came to faith in Christ, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have done those, those things. And we're real quick to, to jump on the bandwagon of criticism uh, when, when a new Christian makes a mistake. You know, new Christians, scratch that, all Christians make mistakes. All of us do. It is our role as a church then to what? When someone comes to faith in Christ, we disciple them. We disciple them. We help them. Our goal is not to sin less. That's not our goal. Our goal is not to just sin less often. I want you to hear me on this because that seems like, isn't that the goal? We shouldn't, we shouldn't cuss. We shouldn't do these things. We shouldn't do. Listen, that's not the goal. Our goal is to be image bearers of Christ. 
That's our goal. Our goal is to be an image bearer of Christ and to fulfill his mission. If, we're, if we are image bearers of Christ and we are fulfilling his mission, then guess what? Sinning less often is just merely a byproduct. It's a result. It's not the goal. It's something that happens, but it's not the target. It's not what we're after. We're not just after just to sin less because we've already been forgiven of that. What are, what's our real goal? To, to bear the image of Christ and to let others know. And then, of course, that beautiful phrase that they were first called Christians in Antioch. The idea of the word Christian comes from the Latin suffix en, and you add the en to a noun. And when you do that, it means that it resembles whatever the root word is. So if you said uh, someone is a Christian, it means that they do what? They resemble, what's the root word? Christ. You know, in the same way, uh, if, I, if I said, you know, that house has a Victorian style, what am I saying? I would say that it has certain qualities about it that resemble the British architecture of the mid to late 1800s. That it is that Victorian-like era. So when the I-A-N is attached to something, it means it belongs to, it's similar to, it is associated with whatever the root word is. And there was something about the church in Antioch that people were observing, and they're going, these people are like Jesus. They are like Christ. They are so similar to that they, they coined a new term saying Christian because the, they are associated with, they are resembling, they look like Jesus. One of the things that we can do as a church to grow in our faith is um, participate in opportunities like Growing U, Growing University. And Growing University is a ministry that I developed years ago for that very purpose of discipleship where it, the focus is not academics in spite of the name, but its purpose is growing you, growing you. And I, I've got on the table here, I have one of the books that, that are available free at the table afterwards, but one of them is called Life Change. And I would love to challenge you to take the book of Life Change. And if you would like to get serious about discipling, I mean really serious about, I, 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 would like to, I would like to be discipled and I would like to disciple someone. Now let me encourage you to pick up Life Change. Go through it yourself, and then find someone else to go through it with. And it'll take about you know, a few, few weeks, maybe about four weeks to go through it. But it would be an opportunity to really intently and purposefully disciple someone. We should encourage one another to grow in our faith. Let's wrap up with key point number three. Key point number three is this. We should experience mutual edification because our faith in Christ unites us. We should experience mutual edification because our faith in Christ unites us. Let's, let's look at the rest of the chapter, 27 through 30. And in these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them, named Agabus, 
stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. And we come to the end of chapter 11. You know, ancient writers mention at least four famines that, that occurred during this time period, during the, during the reign of Claudius Caesar. Uh, there were two in Rome. There was one in Greece and one in Judea. One of those historians is a, a, a man by the name of Josephus. You may have even heard of his writings, Josephus. He's a, um, a Jewish historian. Josephus describes the severity of this famine that hit Judea. And he said that many people died because they didn't have enough money to buy food that was already scarce. I mean, it's a famine. Their food is already scarce. And then on top of that, people don't have the money to even buy the food if they, if they did have access to it. And as a result, people were dying. Now the question is, why is that important to us? I want you to notice that when the Jewish Christians in Judea were suffering because of the famine, it was the Gentile Christians who sent relief. Isn't that incredible? That's who sent the relief. It was the Gentile Christians the ones that when Peter got back, they were ready to contend. They were ready to argue. They were ready to say, I can't believe you did this. And then just but a few years later, guess who was the very people who said, we hear that you're in need and we're going to send relief. That's exactly what they did. It would be a humbling experience, wouldn't it? Can you imagine being the, the Jewish believers in Judea and then what happens? They're receiving help from the Gentiles. They're receiving help from the, the Christian Gentiles. They're the ones that's helping them. I want you to hear this because I can't help but see the beautiful testimony of how the gospel transforms us into the image of Christ. And it becomes a mutual blessing. The people in Judea were blessed by the actions of the Gentile Christians that were giving them relief. And as we will see in Acts chapter 20, listen to this. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It is more blessed to give than to what? Receive. You see how it's a mutual blessing? It was a mutual blessing. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. The Jewish Christians in Judea were being blessed because the Gentile Christians were sending relief and they were helping them out. Notice Acts eleven twenty nine says that each gave according what? According to his ability. It was a free will offering and it demonstrates their generosity. They weren't obligated to give. They didn't have to give. In fact, it says they gave according to what they were able to do. I think that's a good model for us, too. 
we're not all going to be able to give the same. But we can give according to our ability. And notice too that it was sent to the elders of the local churches by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. It says that they, they sent it to who? The elders. They were sending it to local churches to make sure that it got sent to the right people that it, that it was in their hands. And they sent it by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. The local church is God's plan for caring for the needs of others. So Acts chapter 11 did what? It provides us with a beautiful picture of how local churches show compassion to those in need. And then one last thought, and we'll pray together. May we always show gratitude to those who help us grow in our faith.